We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Gibney with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Feel the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands brought up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Feel the 68. After that. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark, where college basketball lost its mind for the second straight night. Number three, Kansas goes on the road and loses to UCF, who is playing their first Big 12 home game ever. Tennessee goes on the road, loses to Mississippi State, who finally got Tolo Smith back. Uh, we have number 11, Marquette, currently down by nine points at home, two minutes left to unranked Butler. And we have Oklahoma, who is down by double figures at home against TCU. And all of this is coming a night after number one, Purdue lost on the road, and number two, law on the road. So it seems to me like winning on the road is a very difficult thing to do in college basketball. So to help me figure out why that is, I have former Louisville head coach Chris Mack here with me. Also, former Xavier head coach. And I don't know if you saw this t-shirt I got on here. <laughs> Mac just wanted to remind you about that a little bit. And I also have Jeff Goodman, who hasn't played a lick of basketball in his entire life. He just comes on here and pretends that he knows stuff. Uh, I want to start with Kansas, guys, because I think that that is the uh, the more interesting of the two, um, we talked about this a little bit on Saturday night, Goodman. Kansas is a team that's been playing with fire a little bit this season. They've had some games that were closer than they should be. They should have lost to TCU on Saturday night if there wasn't a phantom flagrant one foul called with less than a minute left in that game. And they finally uh, ended up on the wrong side of the final score. Uh, Jalen Sellers had 18 points for UCF. Kansas had 18 turnovers. 65 to 60, UCF gets the win, storms the court. First or the highest ranked win in program history for UCF. Yeah, I mean, listen, the bottom line is they have to have Hunter Dickinson have big games. And when he gets in foul trouble like he did tonight, their margin for error isn't big to begin with. You know, they got four guys for the most part. Uh, Marco Jackson didn't do he didn't score. You know, you got Dewan Harris. You know, it's five points. So it, it's so much on Hunter Dickinson. It's funny because when he was making the decision to choose Kansas and he had all, you know, Kentucky, Villanova, all these other places, I thought Kansas was the perfect spot for him because, he, again, he had a point guard in Dewan Harris. Um, what he didn't have was shooters, enough shooters. Kevin McCullough has been great this year, but other than that, they just haven't had enough. K.J. Adams can't shoot. Timberlake, who we thought could shoot. Did shoot at Towson. Can't shoot anymore. Again, El Marco. Arterio Morris was supposed to be on this team. He's gone. So, again, is it the perfect fit? I don't know. But what I do know is Kansas can ill afford to have Hunter Dickinson have a mediocre game, especially in the road, and that's what he had tonight. Yeah, Mac, when when you're going on the road in league play, how does that change? What What is different about – road environments, in-conference play that makes it so difficult for teams to have success? Uh, I mean, just obviously being out of your element, going to uh, going on the road, and the only people that you really can count on are 
and the ones in the huddle. And, um, you know, generally that team is loaded for bear. I mean, you look at UCF, you know, one of their first, if not their first Big 12 home game, right? And you got one of the premier programs in all college basketball, um, you know, in your building. It's going to be it's going to be a jacked up environment. And um, it's just very, very difficult to go on the road. You know, you're you're you you feel like it's just you and the players. You know, you feel like everything's against you. You know, when you're shooting free throws, the building's haywire. When they're shooting free throws, you know, everybody can hear themselves talk. It's just uh, it's just different. You know, Kansas has been through it. Everybody's been through it. But, you know, in the beginning of league play, Rob, you know, everybody is sort of on reset. You know, no, nobody right now is, um, you know, one in seven in the league. Everybody's got less than three or four games in league play, and they're all trying to make their mark and maybe they reset their season if they haven't had the season they wanted to up to this point. Goodman, last night when we were talking about Purdue and Houston, the, the prevailing theory was kind of like, you know what, this is going to happen when you get into conference play, right? I, I, I gave more credit to Nebraska than anything else. I think that kind of kicked uh, Purdue's rear ends. Uh, pretty good last night. I think that was more about Nebraska than Purdue specifically. And then Houston going and, and Hilton Magic, it, it is what it is, right? You go to Iowa, there's a reason why they have seven top 10 wins uh, over the course of the last two years. But Kansas at UCF feels a little bit different. This was a UCF team that we've all pretty much written off, Jeff. And um, I, I'm just, I'm wondering where you stand now on Kansas because they are a team that when you looked at them in the metrics heading into this game, Kempom, the net, Torvik, all of these different uh, computers that I know you hate and you are anti-computer, but uh, they all had Kansas as somewhere in the mid to late teens. And it looks like they might have been pretty prescient here. And Goodman's frozen. So, Mac, if you want to weigh in there yeah. on Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I think Jeff said it before. First of all, all the attention – uh, on game planning is going to Hunter Dickinson. You know, and the, and the bottom line is, you know, he can't do it himself. When you're a big guy, you can't necessarily control the game. You can control the glass, but you can't control the game. Guards have the basketball. You're going to have to have the ball entered to you. And, uh, you know, right now they're not shooting the ball very well. I think they hit five threes tonight outside of Hunter. You know, he he goes one for three from the three-point line. He's one of their best shooters. Uh, Dewan Harris, their point guard, who I think is a terrific playmaker, uh, isn't the greatest shooter in the world. Kevin McCullers having a great season, but he's not necessarily a, a knockdown shooter by any means. And K.J. Adams is more of a, you know, uh, an athletic four that doesn't really spread the floor. So it's going to put even more pressure on Hunter to get the ball in spots where he can do something with it. I, I just, you know, I don't think they're the Kansas team that we're used to seeing. Doesn't mean Bill uh, Bill Self can't pull his magic as he usually does down the stretch, but right now I don't, I don't think they're ultra talented in comparison to other Kansas teams uh, over the years. If you had to circle one, Jeff, and, and welcome back. I'm glad you're, uh, you're back with us. The IQ of this show, the combined IQ just dropped about 17 points. Um, <laughs> if you had to, if you had to say you were more like the most worried about uh, Purdue, Houston, Kansas, or Tennessee, or it's just, you're not worried at all. It's just something where this is what we need to, uh, get ourselves prepared for in college basketball in this day and age. Is are you? Is there anything that you can think we can take away big picture from those uh, top three teams that are losing? Well, you know, I said this, you know, a month, six weeks ago. I, I didn't think Kansas could win the national title. I don't think they can win six straight because I don't think they have enough shooting. I don't think they have enough depth. You know, Johnny Furphy's come a little bit, uh, but not as far as I thought he might at this point. I thought he was further along. Uh, but physically, he's not ready. And again, like you said off the bat, okay, Houston loses to Iowa State at Hilton. No shame, right? I mean, Purdue loses to Nebraska. Nebraska's going to be an NCAA tournament team. They're, they're pretty good. Hoiberg saved his job here. Uh, Johnny Dawkins and UCF, I still don't think anything more than an NIT team at the end of the day. Now, Jalen Sellers is great. Darius Johnson, who uh, – is SIU guard uh, Xavier Johnson's brother. He had a hell of a game tonight, too. So they played out of their minds tonight. Uh, but I think this is more of, of honestly, indictment on Kansas than anything else. I am worried about Kansas. I have been worried about Kansas. I still think they can win the Big 12. 
but I don't think they can win six straight in the tournament. As you saw today in a grinder, which they're going to have to play in some, their defense has got to hold up. And I think they've got good defensive players, but they don't have a ton of depth and Hunter hurts them defensively. Yep. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Tennessee here. They go on the road and they lose to Mississippi state. I got a hot take guys. And, and I don't know if this is crazy. I think that with Tolu Smith back, I'm going to go ahead and say that that this shouldn't be something that is looked at as a major upset. I think Mississippi State, who was uh, 11 and three coming into this game, um, when you get back a guy that was in the conversation for preseason SEC Player of the Year, and you add it to a group that has already kind of figured out what they do, and totally went for 23 tonight. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think that this is necessarily an upset. I think it is something that we should have expected. I think Tennessee came into this just a little bit overrated. I'm on the Mississippi State bandwagon. I'm on the Chris Jans bandwagon, Mac. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I mean, Tolu Smith is a handful now. And, um, you know, with Tennessee, I, I find it interesting. You know, in the beginning of the season, I kept talking about the defense or defense or defense. I feel like that's been the last couple of years, but not necessarily this year. I mean, they've got, you know, Dalton Connect, Sealer's back. I mean, they've got a, a great backcourt, but uh, they're having a hard time stopping people. You know, the freshman Hubbard uh, has a good night once again. And, you know, that, that hasn't been the trademark of Rick Barnes's teams here of late. They've been teams that couldn't score but could really prevent you from scoring. I, I don't see that with this year's Tennessee team. And they go to Carolina in the games like in the 90s, and that would have never happened a year or two ago. It doesn't mean they can't do things, they can't win, uh, but they're not going to win the way that uh, I, I thought that they would sort of have their DNA imprinted on them the last couple of years. But, uh, hey, I don't think you're wrong at all about old, uh, Mississippi State. I mean, Tolu Smith is a monster, and uh, if he's back and healthy, uh, good luck to all the big guys trying to deal with him. And uh, Hubbard's electric. And then, you know, Chris does a really good job defensively. I mean, his teams guard you, and they play hard. Good, man. You got any takes on this game? He he loves guys like Mm -hmm. Hubbard, too. He's a perfect chance player because as long as you're playing hard, he'll let you loose. He'll give you that freedom, and he gives it to Hubbard. And now, you know, again, they were a team that that did well out of the gates, and then it kind of caught up with them being without Tolu Smith. But, you know, Tennessee, I've just never been a believer in them being a Final Four team. I don't know if it's because of Rick Barnes and how long it's been since he went there, or it's because of what they've had at Tennessee and just not being able to score the high clip and always always having a win these – these kind of nail-biting games in the 60s. And, uh, yeah. again, Dalton Connect helps, but I still don't think they have enough. Yeah, they don't even have enough to win the SEC when you got Auburn and Kentucky and uh, I'll throw Alabama into that mix um, in the SEC as well. All right, I want to hit you guys with something, and we got Doug Gottlieb joining in, uh, fresh off of calling the North Carolina NC State game. I want to hit with you guys with something big picture because um, I have a theory. There, there's a stat from uh, from Evan Meyer, who is one of these analytics guys. Uh, it runs a really good site, Um, It is home teams in the top seven conferences – uh, as of this very moment, are winning 66% of the time in conference play. That is up from 61% of the time the last two years. And Goodman, I, I know for people that are in remedial math like you, uh, that means that 5% gap is a pretty big statistical difference um, at this point of the season. Uh, and I think that means what you're looking at is home court advantage right now is better than it's been the last two seasons. And my theory is that because you have so many guys with fifth years and so many guys that are getting their COVID years and so many of these high major programs that aren't just the the best teams in the league uh, that are getting 23, 24, 25-year-olds from the lower ranks that are adults that have been through the ringer, that have been through multiple seasons of college basketball. My argument would be that the college basketball as a whole, it's not just something where there's parity. The bottom of these these conferences, like the, the middle to the bottom of these conferences have just caught up to the top of the leagues, especially when you see a lot of this NBA talent uh, jumping ship earlier to the, the professional ranks. Doug, we'll go to you first on this one. Am I... Where do you stand on that? Am I, am I crazy? Am I on the right track here? Or am I just kind of uh, Aaron Rodgers chasing conspiracy theories? Why home teams are, are more dominant? Yes, they've been better this year than they've been in the past. I mean, honestly, a lot of these places, they're not drawing as well. Um, yeah. You know, like there's, there's a lot of environments that used to be awesome that are not. They're still, you know, the best are still the best. I... 
I mean, I think part of it is everybody has players, right? I mean, that's that's one of the things. It's like everybody has some guys. Like you just can't go in with nothing. Uh, there's a disparity between the best and not best. I would also say that the best teams aren't as dominant because most of them don't have the depth. Um, if they were really, there's not that much difference. I mean, we talked about Kansas lost tonight. Okay, they have four guys. You know, like they got four dudes. That's it. Outside of that, they're kind of plugging holes. But um, I don't know. I uh, I don't think home court advantage in terms of uh, the passion of fans, especially this season, is as good. We haven't reached, you know, students are just now coming back on campus. Every game's on TV, so it's not as much of a thing in many places to go to games. But I don't think it has to do with I, – I would say that everybody has players, and – um, you know, guys are transferring up levels, so you have older players, and so the the teams that are mid uh, can beat you. But I don't know. I I think it's it's kind of the same as it's always been. If anything, I think home court advantage in terms of the fans isn't as good as it used to be. Goodman, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe it's a couple percentage points. Uh, Evan Maya, I, what was it last? <laughs> <laughs> like what, it what was sixty-one percent. So it, it, it's a, it, there's a lot more home teams winning. So is, is home home court advantage better? Is it the the teams are just more parity? What? Why are we seeing this? Do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know the answer. All I know is again, yeah, there's more parity in college basketball overall. You know, part of it is the, the the COVID year, as we talked about. Part of it is when you take shots on kids in the portal, you don't know what the hell you're getting half the time. You really don't know how it's going to fit. Um, and again, a lot of teams are going with older dudes that might not be quite as talented, but they're going with experience over, again, some of these freshmen that are talented, but again, don't have it. So I, I don't know if there's a clear-cut answer on that, Rob. I, I really don't. I don't think any of us are going to come up with exactly why the home court is, is, is more advantageous this year than it was the last few years. Yeah, maybe it's just something that is uh, fun with small sample sizes. And as we get further in the season, we're going to see some of these better teams go on the road and win. Maybe it's just the first road game for some of these power conference teams and, and power conference favorites uh, playing in the bigger leagues is something where uh, we will see that uh, the kind of revert to the mean a little bit, so to speak. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about North Carolina's win at NC State. For all of these Teams that are losing on the road, North Carolina started ACC play with three straight road games, and they landed three straight road wins. The other team that won on the road, Louisville. It's been two years since they picked up a road win. We're going to talk about the last one that they got. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There was one team in college basketball tonight that went on the road and picked up a big win. And no, Mac, I'm not talking about the top dogs. We're talking about North Carolina. They went into NC State. They beat up on a rival. Uh, number seven, Tar Heels. Three straight road wins. Gottlieb, you were there. What do you make of this North Carolina team? North Carolina team was awful. They were awful. <laughs> they were uh, – North Carolina State was awful. Oh, I mean, North Carolina. 20... How is Carolina? I understand. We don't care I about – I heard the question, Goodman. Hold on. <laughs> Jeez. They, they were awful. Like, they made they shot 28% as a team. And, like, North Carolina's – Good defensively, but not that good. I'm, you know, like the the number of contested mid range jump shots and thrown into the post. It was bad. Um, what I make of Carolina? I did think they they defended. They played as a team. Um, you know, Kadu's a, a nice, like true point guard. He's playing like a freshman. Like doesn't really like to shoot. Can't really shoot yet. Made a nice finish. But, like, he just – he moves the ball. He breaks the press. He makes an occasional layup. He, he's not, like, under stress. Um, I mean, honestly, they didn't play terribly well for a good portion of the game. And they were up. And then they went on, like, a 15-2 run, and that was the ball game. Um, but I like him. I mean, Cormac Ryan, who hasn't been shooting well, he made two threes in the first half. That's going to help going forward. Um, I thought Harrison Ingram, Harrison Ingram had 19 rebounds. Now that sounds like an amazing number, but when you look at the number of rebounds available, North Carolina won and they shot 36% from the field as a team. It was, it was, they, it was, they all asked me to come work with them on their shooting. That's what it looked like. It looked like Goodman and Gottlieb decided to, Hey, we're going to be the shooting coaches for North Carolina, North Carolina state. Um, you know, Baycott, he's, Okay, he's gotten modestly better. You know, he's still it's not great in the low post. He doesn't really look to face up and shoot. But they're a better team this year, even though they probably don't have, you know, two dudes who can win you a game on the perimeter this year. You know, Harrisinger's a really good player. Cormac Ryan's a really good, solid, smart player who can shoot, can pass, can defend. And Elliot Cadeau's a nice, true point guard who's 19 years old, doesn't really like to shoot. He, he's actually kind of a throwback to, you know, Roy used to have these point guards. Coach Smith used to have, like, true point guard. Like, really doesn't look at the basket very much unless he's wide-ass open. So they're good. And I think the league stinks. I think the ACC is not particularly good. You know, there's a couple teams at the top. We'll see what Wake does, if they can creep into them. They play Wake coming up a little bit. But, I mean, I like them. But, uh, you know, I, I also saw on this trip, I saw Purdue, who I told you, Goody, like they're not that much, but they're, they're better than North Carolina. Um, I saw Indiana, you know, who kind of, they also play a lot of iso ball, Ohio State and Illinois. And Illinois is better than North Carolina. So especially if they get Terrence Ooh, Shannon. Back. Without Shannon? 
Without Shannon. No, without without Shannon. Yeah, without Shannon, they're probably about the same, maybe a little bit better. Like, like I don't know. I, I, listen, I don't like, love, hey, I don't love Carolina either. I, I don't love Carolina either, but what I will say is the ball at least moves and, and they win close games on the road. They've won three games on the road in a row, which is crazy for, yeah. for a Carolina team that we all think is soft. Um, I, again, I don't think they're they're great either, but I like them a lot better than I liked them last year when it was Caleb chucking up shots. At oh, shot that, that team sucked. That team, they hated each other. It was bad. Actually, Mac, you can speak to this, okay? The big thing is you when you have guys. Mac. Huh? Okay. You can speak to this. I said you can coach. speak to Mac. No, but no, this is a real thing, okay? The big thing I'm is kidding. they have like real basketball players who have played real college basketball that have been well coached and know how to play defense. So they're connected defensively. That's really it. I mean, that's, there's no like secret sauce to it. Freshmen don't usually make shots, don't know how to communicate, can't follow a scan report. You know, they never really played and all these guys have played and they don't carry a huge ego. Like Cormac Ryan came from, that was a disaster last year. Stanford hadn't been good, but they're good players. And now they got a chance to play at a big time school. Hubert does a good job. They play hard. I don't. I don't think they're recreating the wheel here. But I, I, Chris, I think that's really the thing there. I just think they have older veteran good dudes that are connected defensively, and then they share the ball offensively. It's not really rocket science. Yeah. And they're good. They're not great. Yeah, I think they've got some good players. I really like Harrison Ingram. You know, I feel like maybe you're undervaluing him just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like he can push the ball. He's got good size. You know, he's not necessarily a knockdown shooter, but he's a guy that can absolutely keep you honest. I just think he's really versatile. Um, You know, just listening to you, Doug, I would almost think you wouldn't put these guys in the top 10 then, would you? Um, I'd put them in the top 10. Or is that more of an indictment on college basketball right now? A little bit of an indictment (laughs) on college basketball. A little bit. Um. I don't know. Like, let's see here. Where would they be in? Huh. It's a hard call. Like I've seen, I saw Baylor. We saw Kansas lose today. Um, Houston. I mean, Houston get after you defensively. I know they lost to Iowa state. Well, um, here, let me, let me jump in real quick good. here because I, I do. I do just want to real quick. Volta is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's a place where you can store your predictions forever. And by using the Volta challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter uh, than people like Jeff Goodman. So go download the Vaulted app that is V-L-T-E-D to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. You guys are all on here saying that North Carolina is is just okay. They don't have enough guys. They don't have this. They don't have that. I'm here to tell you that North Carolina is going to make the final four. I'm all the way in on this group. They got RJ Davis who's getting bucked. They got a point guard who is out here that doesn't care about shooting the complete opposite of Caleb Love. We got Armando Baycott who was perfectly fine just sealing, ducking in, and getting 16 rebounds a night. And they got Harrison Ingram who apparently is a small ball four now that it turned into Charles Barkley overnight. Mac. Back me up on this, man. I know Goodman and Gottlieb, they're anti-North Carolina right now, but you're an ACC I, I know you are. Matt, you got I, your Carolina I, blue on right now. Back me up here, Matt. Come on. North Carolina. Can get I don't know if four, I'd right? go as far as saying they'll go to the Final Four. I do like them a little bit more than Doug. Uh, now, he saw him play in person, and he's seen a couple of these other teams in person. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that, that Baycott is still a load. He, he's got to play with, uh, obviously, more of a motor. They, they're getting him the ball. Uh, but I, I really like Harrison Ingram. R.J. Davis can score as well as any guard in the country. And I think Cormac Ryan, as he sort of gets settled into his role, um, you know, he'll, he'll be a guy that can provide. I also think they got some decent guys off the bench. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I like I, I, if I sold them as being crummy, I was wrong, okay? <laughs> I think they're good. I was – I was. Uh, part of it was it's just a bad basketball game. Like, yeah. dude, it was bad. I mean, Carolina even – I don't think they scored a bucket the last four minutes of the game. They got up 15, and NC State called timeout, and they just messed around the rest of the game. Um, Doug, 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 here's the deal. They're, they're, they're winning ugly games. I like that they're winning I, ugly games. I, I, I do I do too, and I agree with, with Chris Mack. Like, Cormac Ryan is shooting 28% coming tonight. He's going to end up shooting high 30s from three. 
Like, he's going to settle in. The shots are a little different. The pace is a little different. I, I agree there. And I think also Cadu is going to get better, right? Every freshman that starts, that by the time they get to the end, especially if they play the number of minutes he's played, they're going to get better. They're good. But are they, like, Final Four? I think here's the thing, okay? We are, we, we've forgotten this. Two years ago, they were a mess, and then they closed, and then they beat Duke at Duke, and then they went on the run to the Final Four. But the Final Four wasn't truly indicative of how good that team was. Is that fair? Completely uh, yes, fair. that is fair. Okay. Is fair. And right. then last year, they're an abject disaster. Okay? Yes. So they're, they're somewhere in between our expectations going into last year and the team that finished strong two years ago. And they have two players from that team too, you know? So I, I think the bench development is big. Um, you know, that, that he's going to have to keep playing some of his bench and he's got a couple of decent weapons there and they got a soft spot in here in their schedule where uh, they got Syracuse at home and somebody else who stinks at home. And then they go to Boston. College. So like, I think they're good, but it might sit here going like, that's a final four team. Like, no, um, I like them, and I like that they play defense, but they're not as good offensively as I thought they would be. And, look, they, they had that game against Oklahoma that they looked amazing offensively, amazing. So they obviously have that they, in there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did against Tennessee as well. I do just want to touch yeah. real quick on another ACC team uh, that found a way to win on the road for the first time in 22 games, for the first time in two years, Louisville went on the road. And they picked off. Uh, they picked off a pretty good Miami team. Um, Mac, what do you remember about the last road win that Louisville got more than two years ago when you were still on that sideline? <laughs> I think that would have been Georgia Tech. Georgia I think Tech. Your graphic yes, said Florida State or Miami. That was the that was the uh, last, that was a road loss. The first road yeah, loss. Last time, the last uh, road game that I won there would have been Georgia Tech. What I remember about that game isn't so much what happened at the game, but maybe the worst flight in my 24 years of coaching that I ever that we ever experienced. I mean, the turbulence was so bad. There were guys on the plane crying. When we got home, I, I'd never been more thankful to touch the ground when we got back from, to Louisville from Atlanta. One of those guys crying. Always better after a win. Was one of the guys you crying? crying no, no. I was nervous for my kids because they, they had made the flight and uh, they had an experience. My, my what have you been, six years old then? He thought it was like a roller coaster. He was having a great time. Meanwhile, his <laughs> sisters who were just entering high school were looking at me about to throw up in the, uh, in the seats. Well, listen, when we get back, we're going to talk about another team that got a road win, UConn over Xavier. Oh, my God. Now that the college football season is in the past and college basketball is in full swing, I need to tell you guys about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need Rhythm, the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college hoops, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play, many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or in the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division I game every day users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access and for those of you already using modeling you can build custom sports betting models within the rhythm app itself i am a rhythm user and i found that i've been a better better when i focus on the lines where my gut and rhythms modeling are aligned to kick off the partnership between the field of 68 and the rhythm three people who download rhythm at the link below and create an account between now and the end of the day on thursday will be entered for a chance to win a free subscription with access to unlimited picks for college basketball the nba the nfl and more so if you want to increase your edge and win more bets Go to the link in the description and download Rhythm today. That's R-I-T-H 
MM, the place for data-backed props and picks. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live on this Wednesday night where two more top five teams went on the road and lost. We talked about Kansas earlier. We talked about Tennessee earlier. Now we got to talk about that top five team that went on the road and picked themselves up a W. UConn Huskies go into uh, the Cintas Center and pick off Xavier 80 to 75. I was actually, Mac, I was actually pretty impressed with uh, the performance from Xavier. This has not been the easiest uh, season for Sean down there in Cincinnati, but right. um, I was, he had those kids fighting. He had, uh, they made a run late in the game when it looked like UConn kind of threw a knockout punch. Uh, what did you make of UConn this year and, or this in this game? And what did you make of Xavier this season? I mean, I just think UConn is so relentless. I mean, they, they just, they just keep coming at you. I thought uh big turning point in the game. I thought Swain missed a uh, layup that would have put Xavier up three. And again, there was still 15 minutes left in the game. So it, uh, it, you know, it certainly didn't decide the game, but I, I felt like it decided a lot of momentum because after he missed that layup to go up three, Tristan Newton ends up going back to back threes in transition. And um, I mean, you could just, you could see the bench for UConn, you know, yelling out boom in unison. And uh, I just felt like anytime you're in your own arena and a team goes on a 6-0, run like that, it, uh, you can feel it. You can feel the air go out of the building. And I, and I felt like, you know, UConn always has that punch in them. They just do. I know they're missing big fella, but, uh, man, they can shoot the ball. They, they are relentless on the defensive end, scratching at your ball, clawing at your ball, getting out in transition. And, again, I, I thought the big momentum swing in the second half was Tristan Newton's back-to-back threes uh, that put him up like five or six. And I thought from that point on, they really controlled the game. Goodman, the number one team in the country lost. The number one team in the country lost. Goodman, the number two team in the country lost. The number three team in the country lost. UConn is number four. Does that mean what I think it means, Jeff? Are you going to have the stones to be able to admit that the team that you thought was less talented than Indiana is the number one team in the country? Will you do it? Are you willing to do it? Will you go there? Don't be making shit up. Don't be making shit up again. <laughs> uh, here's what I'll say. I'm, I'm not getting into number one right now. There's a long, a long week ahead of us before I have to vote on Sunday. Um, what I will say is the difference with UConn and some of these other teams going on the road right now is that uh, their mental toughness of this group, right? Whether it's Caravan, whether it's Tristan Newton, uh, whether it's Cam Spencer, uh, some of these guys, now it's rubbing off on other guys, the young guys like Castle, who's tough anyway. Uh, It's brought by Hurley and the culture and winning a national title last year. So they can go into a place like Xavier that was crazy. I mean, it's crazy if not crazier than Mm – some of these other places where these top teams lost over the last 24 hours, they go in there and they're thinking, we're going to win, even when it's close, when it gets tight and, and there's game pressure on. I mean, look at the kid, Diara, hits a huge three late. Now, they leave him wide yeah. open, but he makes it. He makes a big one. And that's kind of what I think Hurley's biggest strength is, uh, is, again, getting all these guys prepared He's always gotten kids to play hard. Now they've got guys who can shoot the hell out of the ball. I don't know what they shot tonight from three, but they made a ton of them. Yeah, 11 for 24. Uh, I was really impressed with that UConn performance, going on the road and, and uh, winning a game. They, they won at Butler on Friday night as well. I did not think they were going to get both of those wins. Uh, I want to go to you, Doug, because I want to I pivot here. I want to talk about another team um, in the Big East. St. John's at home holds off a Providence team that made a big run late uh, and I thought they were going to have a chance to win it. And then um, they were down by one, and uh, St. John's got an offensive rebound off of a free throw. But the Johnnies are now 4-1 and one of the Big East. Uh, they are tied for first place in the conference. They don't have a bad loss on their resume, and they are starting to stack some pretty good wins. Um, has Rick Pitino fi- figured this thing out? It, it, are you buying St. John's, Doug? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Rick Pitino. And, I mean, the perfect example is Brady Dunlap who he wasn't playing. Brady Dunlap was brought there to redshirt this year. Okay. And uh, we talked about this, uh, Goodman and I talked about this on our stadium show about, you know, his dad, UCLA, he played at Harvard Westlake 
and they didn't recruit him. He was available late, and he went to St. John's. He went to St. John's. They're like, you're going to redshirt this year. He's like, no problem. Just work on my game and get ready. But, yeah, he's kind of figured it out. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. Some of the guys he took, you know, um, they were highly regarded in the portal by portal people, but real basketball people are like, mm, that guy's not a winning player. And he figures it out. Like, the guy's an unbelievable coach. I mean, the perfect example, Dingle gave nine tonight, but Dingle is a guy when he was at Penn, he scored all those points. They didn't win anything, and his teammates didn't love him. So he doesn't play him as much. I actually think Ledlam getting hurt helps him. Right? Like, Ledlam scored a bunch of points for Harvard last year. They were they were not good. Can't run offense through him. He just wants to get the ball and be a, a mismatch four. So I, I think those two guys going to the bench and getting a shooter ball mover like Dunlap into the game, again, that's quality coaching. And coaching has just changed because you have a new team every year. And he has a completely new team. So – you may think you know what you got, but it's totally different when the lights are on, the popcorn's popping, and the other team has a scatter report on you. And that guy seems to figure it out. Yeah, so am I buying them, like, can they make the NCAA? Yeah, like, I don't want to play St. John's. He got Rick Pitino over there, and they spent a bunch of money on some pretty good players. So, yeah, I'm, I'm buying them. Yeah, the the guy for me, Jeff, that's the big difference maker is RJ. Uh, is it RJ Luis or RJ Lewis? I've heard his name Lewis. pronounced two different ways on broadcast, but he scored double figures Lewis. in each of the last four games. Uh, and all four of those happened to be Big East wins for the Johnnies. Yeah, no, he's been good. And, you know, again, they don't have a superstar. They got enough good players and they got a Hall of Fame coach. And now they get some time to uh, figure out how to play with, you know, one another. And again, Lewis has been out. And, They've had other guys out. As Doug said, they got a shooter, a freshman shooter who would come in and, you know, he's got confidence right now. Uh, and, and again, well coached by his dad. Uh, but, you know, again, they're good. They're not great, but they're good enough to pick off some teams, especially at home. And it, you wouldn't want to see Rick Pitino with this group. Like last year's Iona group, okay, like UConn was so much more dominant than them. But this group in the NCAA tournament, by then, when they get some more chemistry, some more continuity, and if they're healthy because Ledlam's still not 100%, yeah, they'll be pretty good. All right, Mac, I want to hit you with this because if you look at the Big East standings uh, as of today, we have UConn, St. John's, and Seton Hall are all sitting there at 4-1. and one. Villanova's a half game back at 3-1. and one. Creighton's at 3-2. and two. Well, Marquette, after losing at home to Butler tonight, is sitting there at 2-3. and three. Uh, I think – well, you know, I'm going to put it to you. Who Who is the best team in this league, and who would you put as, like, the top tier in this league? Well, I don't think there's at least any question right now that UConn's the best team in the Big East. You know, it's amazing what, how we were talking about Marquette when they came back from Hawaii and then the, the, the few games after it. But they, uh, they have not looked the same here over the last couple weeks. I don't know what's going on with Tyler Kolek. We were all talking about him being the best point guard in America. Uh, he, he's not playing like it right now. I think Connecticut by far uh, is the best team in the Big East. Uh, I mean, I still think Marquette and Creighton are up there as well. Um, I give it to Seton Hall. They've won some games. I, I just I don't think that they're a top three team in the Big East. Those those would be my three. I think obviously Providence is in a different situation uh, now without Bryce Hopkins. Now they've lost three in a row. They were two and oh. Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of where, and I, and I agree. I think St. John's is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I mean, they beat Providence tonight. who's lost three in a row, like I said, by two. Um, those are the three. And I, I think Villanova's falling off. Obviously, Justin Moore being out really hurts them. But despite their three and one record, I'm not a huge believer right now in Villanova. They get open shots. They don't make them. Yeah, all right. Goodman, you've been all over Tyler Kolek this year. He's your guy. He's one of your favorite players yes. in the country. First team All-American. He is in his last two games, two for 19 from the floor with a total of seven points, a loss at Seton Hall and a home loss tonight to Butler. What's going on with him? What's going on with Marquette? You know, I think part of it is obviously the shot's not falling from three, uh, and then he's not finishing around the basket when he gets there. There's a lot of pressure on him right now because 
frankly, he doesn't have a ton of weapons around him. Uh, so I think, you know, now instead of setting guys up, picking his spots a little more, he's probably pressing to score a little bit more than what he was comfortable, what he needed to earlier this year. You know, one thing was Oso was so good earlier this year and was more of an offensive weapon than I think people realize he is. You know, he's a good piece, athletic big, more more of a defensive-minded big. And, you know, you got Cam Jones, who's awesome. Love him, you know, just a professional scorer. But I, I just think there's probably a little too much pressure on Kolick. Um, But, again, mm-hmm. listen, even the best dudes have bad nights. He's going through a bad stretch. He is still a hell of a point guard. I don't, you know, is he one? Is he two? Is he three? I don't know, but I'll take this dude to my team any day. Yeah, yeah. Doug. Go ahead, Doug. I just have a question before I answer this. Are we going to talk about the Doug McDougal suspension? Yes. Is that yes. coming up? Okay, yeah, good. Up I just, I haven't read the rundown. McDaniel, I just, not I, 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 I'm, my head is spinning over this thing. I got, huh? This isn't like Dougie McBuckets or something. Doug McDaniel. Doug McDaniel. <laughs> Doug McDaniel. Doug McDaniel. Got it. Um, okay. Uh, UConn's the best team, and they're playing without their big. They're going to – I actually think it's going to really help them as they get healthy. Um, I think I'm, – I'm a bigger buyer in Nova when they get Justin Moore back um, than, than I think uh, Mac is. Um, I'm not as high on Creighton. Not because they can't – Creighton can make you look bad if they get it going, but they can't really pressure you defensively with Ashworth and uh, with Baylor Shireman. So they're, they're kind of – they just – they got to play one way defensively. They got to play one way offensively. And if you can solve that code, you can beat them, especially if you have a guy, a five, that can make shots. They got nothing they can do. Shireman can't, can't come out and cover. Um, so I think – you know, it's kind of a one-horse race, and then you have that group of Nova, Marquette, Creighton. They're sort of in the in the middle. Butler, obviously, I mean, that's a gigantic win for them tonight, and they've been the surprise mm-hmm. team in the league. Uh, DePaul stinks. And, yeah, my thing on St. John's is I don't think they're great, but they're good now. Like, I don't want to play them. I don't want to play a Rick Pitino team with a bunch of guys that play college basketball. No, thanks. I'd much, there's a bunch of other teams I'd much rather play. It's not a great league yeah. this year. It's not the best league for, but UConn could win the thing again. Yeah, Butler just uh, put themselves right into the NCAA conversation. When we get back, the Doug McDaniel conversation. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of Sixty Eight Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox. You guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the Division I coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up and the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the Field of 68.shop. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of Sixty Eight After Dark. I have Doug Gottlieb with me. I have Chris Mack with me. I have Jeff Goodman with me. My name is Rob Doster. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, someone named Bugged Out. A super chat that just came in over on YouTube. Uh, what he had to say was, "Welcome to the Big Twelve, KU fans," which is just an exquisite bit of trolling there from uh, from a Houston fan. So um, I wanted to give him a shout out there. Now we got to talk about what's going on with Doug McDaniel. Uh, this is the statement that was put out by Jawan Howard, and I'm just going to read it and I'm just going to put it out there because I can't really wrap my head around what is happening here. "Quote: Beginning with our game at Maryland, Doug McDaniel." will not travel to road games until further notice. Doug will dress for home games. However, when we are away from Ann Arbor, he will work towards meeting several academic goals he has set and needs to meet. End quote. Doug McGottlieb. What the hell is going on with Doug McDaniel? I don't know. Um, I'm really glad. A teammate of mine when I played in the USBL and the CBA, uh, a guy named Darren McClinton, who played it? Um, he played James Madison or George. Yeah, he played James Madison. He was a, he was a bucket. Um, he's a huge workout guy in the DMV, and he trained him. And he's like, I got no idea. He's like some team rule stuff. Well, they don't test for weed anymore. And if it was weed, then you'd be suspended for more games. If it was academics, then you suspended for all the games. Like I maybe they're. Is it because everybody's going to try and poach you when you come to their campus? I don't under. I have no, no I, idea. I think it is academics. I think it's academics, Doug. Unless they're trying to throw a curveball at people, but everything that I've kind of heard over the last week or two leading up to this was, you know, it was academics. He was trying to get eligible, uh, but I've never heard anything like this. I mean, I, I but he's eligible at home. But how well, I understand like it's versus road. What is going on? Because first, first saying, of all, I, I know what you're going to say. We're well, not going to miss any classes. Hey, newsflash! Right. None of them go to class anymore. They <laughs> take them all online. <laughs> Duh. Now, maybe the, Michigan's the one, like, hey, we're going to make our kids go to class, huh? Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. The one, the one thing I'll say, and it's not very clear in the release, is that they said he'll be dressed for home games. Does that mean he's dressed but not playing, or does that mean he's going to play and then when they go on road trips, he's going to stay home? Yeah, it was unclear. It, he made it sound like in his statement that he's going to be playing home games and not traveling to road games. <laughs> to me, this is kind of unprecedented. This is unprecedented. It's I don't have any not. of us ever not. heard a situation like this before. That that's that's why is it's, that does that not. come from that that can't come from the men's basketball office. That can't no, come no, from no, the I'm sure it's coaching staff. No, no. Okay, oh here, here's the question. Doster, before you get to your it's not it's not unprecedented, okay? What's weirder? Having Phil Martelli coach a game you need <laughs> to win or having your star freshman point guard ineligible but only for road games in conference. Okay, while, well, it, by the way, while your strength coach, while your strength coach is away from the program because you guys almost got into a fight with a 6'9". Wait, and in the statement about Doug McDaniel, it was about his, the culture. Uh, we have a culture here. Like, what culture do you culture. have? What, <laughs> what, is, what is going on? All right, Doster, this is not unprecedented. No, it's not. Do you remember back in 2017 when Contavious Caldwell Pope got a belief? I believe it was a DUI or something like that. And yeah. He was suspended from road yeah. games and he had to miss three straight road games for the Lakers. There you go. Well, that man. was in the NBA, dude. That was in the NBA. Yeah, I know. I'm it. just saying. I, look, Doug, well, there are anything issues. I can there, do there, to make Goodman look like he's wrong, I'm going to find a way to do it. Okay. No, NBA, there, college, there been other They're times. paying the kids now. It's basically the NBA. It is what it is, man. I'm taking the double. There are other times when somebody isn't allowed to leave the state legally and they can't go on road games. That's the only other thing I could think of, you know, something like that. But that's what he was, uh, this is he was talking about. That's that, that's what Doster was talking about. Contavious right, playing I, for the Lakers. He had to stay. This is a real story. He had to stay in a detention facility. And his only way to get out of the detention facility 
was to have basketball. So this is a true story because you guys know Miles Simon's like my best friend. So he would be at everybody get in at like seven in the morning, like Contavious Caldwell Pope was already there. <laughs> he'd say, hey, I gotta, I gotta get to the gym. So he'd literally go to the Lakers facility, then go down to Staples all day and then come back late at night and have a bunch of food or whatever, and then just crash at the detention facility for the three weeks that he was pay, paying his penance for DUI. <laughs> and play for the Lakers. <laughs> I, I will say this. It is a good thing that Michigan found a way to win the national championship because I, I feel very comfortable saying that there are probably uh, as many Michigan fans as you can count on two hands that actually care about what is happening with the Michigan basketball program right now. How many of them do you think even know that Phil Marchelli did coach the team on Saturday or on Sunday? How many Michigan fans? Give me, give me a percentage. Give me a number. Nobody. I mean, listen, I have Greg Waddell. That's it, right? Greg Waddell. Nobody else. Don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, listen, can... there is precedent. I mean, Jim Harbaugh didn't coach seven games this year. How about that? They won the national <laughs> championship. He didn't coach seven games. <laughs> That's amazing. He got paid nine million dollars. He didn't coach seven <laughs> of their fifteen games. What a man of the greatest country hey, ever. Maybe that's ever. the blueprint. Maybe maybe Juwan thinks that's the blueprint to him winning a title this <laughs> year. Uh, uh. Work smarter, work smarter, not harder. All right, I want to stick in the Big Ten real quick because we did have a ranked team go on the road and pick up a victory there. Um, Wisconsin 71, Ohio State 60. Wisconsin is now 4-0 and in the Big Ten, uh, first place in the league. Um, well, good. I'll go to you first since you're the uh, the Indiana fan and the the now the Big Ten expert here yeah. Um, yeah. on this show. Uh, how how good is Wisconsin? Like, should we be buying them as more than just like a team that's going to make a little bit of noise in this conference? Here's what I think they are that that Indiana is not. They're balanced, right? They're older, and Indiana's got some older guys too. But they're put together the right way. They've got guards. They went to the portal. And they got a guy who can make shots, A.J. Store, right? Like, they already had a pretty good team around him. And Max Klesman was great tonight. But, you know, you, you've got a couple of bigs. you got Chucky Hepburn back. You add Store. you got Klesman. Like, it's just a team that fits together, unlike that team in Bloomington that looks like they just picked the players out of a hat. And whoever arrived, arrived, whether it was, you know, five big. I mean, think about it. They went to the portal. And what did they get? Two backup bigs that can't stretch the floor. Two backup bigs that can't stretch the floor. How about you trade in those two backup bigs for one shooter, one floor spacer, one perimeter guy who can make shots that's proven? It's just baffling. I, I can go on and on, but I'm not going to. Yeah, Mac, he sounds like every single person living in the state of Indiana right now that wears those uh, those candy stripe ripoff pants, right? Hey, man, you're replacing – Trace Jackson Davis, life isn't supposed to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but uh, yeah, he's he's become an Indiana homer for sure. And then Xavier Johnson playing, not playing, playing, not playing. I mean, that can't be easy that with the guard. You're not sure if he's suiting up. All right, Doug. I, I can't I believe gotta, they, I gotta... they didn't get Marcus Domask. That, that's the one that I can't believe they didn't get. They didn't get Domask. Like everybody was constantly knew Domask is a bucket, man. They didn't get him. And he goes to Illinois, and yet they're still really, really good. Um, I think, you know, look, you know what you get. They're complete. They're solid. They got guys that can make shots. I'm not a huge Hepburn guy, but what, what he is good at is now he's not top of the scouting report. You know, now he's fourth or fifth in the scouting report. And, I mean, they're not getting even a ton out of uh, Estrogen just coming off the bench. You know, last year he played more. So I still think yeah. that they have some weaponry off the bench, and very few teams have that. You know, one of the things that I do think the Big Ten can position themselves well for, as long as we're in this kind of portal era, nobody has, very few teams have depth. And their programs have a little bit higher depth. They've always had a little bit higher recidivist rate, you know, bringing guys back so they can build kind of culture guys. Where if you're looking at SEC Big 12, a lot of these teams are brand new. And it's really, really hard to get what they have to run uh, to run what they run. So I think they're good. Uh, you know, do I think they're going to go to a Final Four? No, but they're a pain in the ass to play because they can make shots and they're tough and they're older and they can defend. Like, 
They're not fun. And, and AJ Store, AJ Store is a, a, a different profile of player that they've had before. I'm just glad the Big Ten is shaking out exactly the way we expected with Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Northwestern as the top three and Michigan State sitting there in last place. All right, you guys each got 20 seconds here. We're going to go quick around the horn. Toast of the night. Goodman, I'm going to put you on the spot. Go first. You got, you got 15 seconds here. Toast of the night. Uh, I mean, I think you got to go to good old uh, uh, Uncle Johnny. Uncle Johnny, Johnny Dawkins, UCF. I've never seen that much emotion from Uncle Johnny uh, than after that win. Obviously, he's fighting for his, his coaching job. And uh, that's a hell of a first Big 12 home opener for uh, UCF and Uncle Johnny. All right, Doug, when I say 15 seconds, I mean 15 seconds. Don't be like Goodman. What do you got? Toast of the night. Uh, my toast of the night is going to be to uh, oh hell, uh, to Louisville, man. I'm a wee clown you. <laughs> and we're probably going to clown you again. But you beat Miami, an expensive team. That's that's as a completely different salary cap. Um, good for you, you know. Good for you, Louisville, for getting a win. Yeah. Mac, quick, who you got? Got to start my thunder. I was gonna go with the cards, but I'll, I'll go with uh, old Thad Mata of the Butler Bulldogs. Big win for uh, for Thad and his crew to go on the road and beat Marquette. All right, I'm gonna go with Tolu Smith, 23 points. Back in action, Mississippi State beat Tennessee. Listen, this has been the Field of 68 at the dark. Stick with us. We're heading over to Last Call on Stadium, on the Stadium app. We're answering all of your questions.